let's talk about sex. Welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio. Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris rocking oh. along as we go right, through another dance. day. And we want to welcome all our new listeners. And we are yes. glad that you have found found your way to us. And we are wanting to have great conversations about marriage and life and relationships and sex and anything and everything in between. Yes, which hopefully inspire conversations in your own home. That's exactly. the whole point. And then hopefully brings about Max. great things. That's right. In, in your home and in your bedroom. So if you want to reach out to us and give us any kind of feedback or thoughts or questions that you may have, feel free to send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to help. Spread the word, and that's one of the ways that you can help us out in doing that. So one of the things I noticed, you know, I live in a little small town just north of, of Dallas. Mm -hmm. And so we have a little bit of small newspaper that comes out, you know, every other day, something like that. It's nothing, nothing. It's not a huge, thick issue right. at all. It's a little just bitty like thing. ours. Yeah, it's a little bitty thing. But the flu epidemic is huge in Texas. Right? Yeah, Tennessee also. And so... Everybody is, you know, that's what the talk is at church when you're in a group of people. Oh, well, they're sick. And, you know, and I was battling something last week that it might have been flu-like. I don't have any clue, but whatever. So sickness is there, which makes me wonder because we've had, Gina, a couple emails mm -hmm. through the life of Sexy Marriage Radio on this subject. And I don't know if we've ever really delved deeply into the idea of sickness and the role and impact it plays in marriage and in sex lives. Yes, exactly. And I think then it would be broken down into three different kinds of sex or sickness because you'd have <laughs> three different kinds of sex. Wait, wait, three yeah, different wait. kinds of sex. Let's, let's, oh, never yeah. mind. That's a different topic. So go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. You'd have chronic sickness, temporary right. sickness, like a cold, sore right. throat. And then what I call convenient sickness. Uh, now, what are you talking about with convenient sickness? I am so unfamiliar with what you are referring to. Well, apparently a lot of our listeners or the higher desire spouse is married to someone who's often conveniently sick. <laughs> oh, okay. You mean like the, I have a headache? I had, yes, exactly. Honey, I have a headache or... And the next day it's, but I have a stomachache. I don't feel good. Yeah. And the next, okay. so they just always seem to be conveniently sick to get them out of having sex, which oh. is so sad. Well, okay. And that's, you want to start there? <laughs> or, wow. or where do you want to start? Because that's three. Those are three good categories that do capture a bulk let's of, start, a bulk of let's the group. Let's start with chronic sex because yeah. those writers have though we have received so many yes, on, on that how do you topic. deal with chronic illness mm -hmm. and its impact in sex right and that would include surgery yeah. you know well right. i mean if you're going to talk about how would you cut it you got to what makes up the characteristics of chronic illness yeah go for it and that would be anything that's i mean if you want to go just medically speaking something for something to be chronic it's something that's lasted longer than six months in length. So, I mean, for whatever reason, right. <laughs> the ADA and whoever else came out with, that's, that's the idea. That six months, so you're dealing with something that 
has a lasting impact and it's a constant thing. Right. And, and that could be um, side effects for medication that you're taking for some mm -hmm. sort of other medical issue. So it doesn't necessarily mean a medical issue just involving genitalia or hormones and chemical imbalances. It could be you've got a chronic shoulder deal and the medication you have to take to deal with that has an impact on your desire and your drive or even your lubrication or your ability to enjoy sex. Right. So right off the bat, I would encourage people to look into that because I'm always surprised when people don't know the big connection between especially depression and sex drive yep. and antidepressants and sex drive. Right. The medication so. involved in those kind of issues and its side effects. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, and that's one of the things that's great to have a conversation with your medical doctor about. Right. Because it, it allows you to display that that's a priority or that that's an importance. And if you had that conversation in the presence of your mate with your doctor, even better because it lets them know, yeah, this is something I want to try to find an answer to. Right. It's nothing I'm going to just be powerless and all this is just the way it is. It's no. Okay. They hear me seeking out answers. And so they're going to be more likely to come on board to help at least understand where I'm coming from rather than just be resentful and angry. And it does create resentfulness and anger. Right. It's hard to stay in a place of pity towards the spouse who's got the condition when you're feeling very rejected. So how would the higher desire, how, what are some approaches the healthy spouse can take towards the sick spouse? And then we'll go vice versa. Well, I mean, it, what comes to mind is you almost have to, um, see the bigger picture if you will, the categorize things they almost, if you will, of, okay, I may not get actual sex, right? but I could get intimate connections. Um, I could get emotional connections. I could create a scenario where we redefine what happens and what constitutes sex and not having sex. Because that's, that's the one thing that comes to my mind is there's a difference between, you know, I know of people that have had issues because of childbirth or different things mm -hmm. where all of a sudden intercourse became painful. Right. But sex is not just intercourse. I mean, we've talked about that, mm -hmm. that your sexuality can play out in all kinds of different ways. You can oral, manual with your hands, with other parts of your body. I mean, there's all kinds mm -hmm. of different things that can bring about sexual release, sexual connection. So having that discussion with your spouse that, okay, is sex completely off the table or is we just talking intercourse is off the table, but you, we could still do some close times together. We could still do some, you're with me while I'm taking care of me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of a thing that it, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the struggle is you can't have the scenario where they're always into it like you want. Yeah, and I think that's going to be really important to have the conversation because what happens is resentment builds up so much that you are unable to 
communicate without there being that anger and that resentment. So that's a really good start to say, hey, how can how can we still be uh, close with each other right. and ask on all levels how can we make sure that we're growing together emotionally and physically and as a couple yeah because you have the idea that if if you're the high desire spouse and you're pressuring your chronically ill spouse into wanting to have sex more and then you get mad because it doesn't happen yeah that's assuming that the person that's chronically ill is is okay and enjoying the fact that they're not having sex. They could be wanting to have sex too, but they're having to deal with everything else. And so they're just as mad as resentful. It's just not necessarily at you. It's at an illness or it's at a situation or it's at something else. So you both are in the same state. Yeah. But you don't rec you don't recognize that. Exactly. And so sometimes a reframe can really help of Okay, we need to at least have this discussion, and it's not that we're trying to find a solution with mm -hmm. this with this one discussion. It's that we're right. going to begin the process towards what I think will probably create some elegant possibilities for some solutions. Especially if you'll keep that in mind that not everything is a problem to be solved. <laughs> yes. Some things, they're just a situation to be explored. Right. So that So that's a really good start because... I know I've mentioned before that when my husband came home from the Gulf, he's a Navy reservist and he was gone for a year and that year was really fun. We, we connected on video for 15 minutes at least a day and things were great between us. They were upbeat. They were racy. They were, they were fun and, and he was really healthy and he came home and he got really sick. I mean, his body just broke down, which is pretty common after a very stressful period. Yep. Then your body does break down and he had to have back surgery. So here, there he was on the couch all the time. And I, it was frustrating to me. It was a lot of stress. So right. I, I was suddenly went from being the, you know, sort of lower desire spouse to just being resentful, <laughs> feeling so undesired. Right. So it, to be able to express what those emotions are, well, I don't think we did a good job of expressing our emotions or trying to connect intimately. It was the beginning of a huge yeah. breakdown And for it's us. important. Let me interject here because I know yeah. from the conversations you and I have had, Gina, in this journey yeah. that's gone on with you and Paul, yeah. it's important that one of the facts you just made prior to the story was it's not necessarily when you express where you are, yeah. And, and your emotions and your frustrations and whatever it is that's going on. And you just say, hey, I need to just I want to tell you where I'm coming from. That's yep. not in the spirit of this is a problem to be solved. Right. That is the end and of itself right there. I'm just sharing where I'm coming from. I yeah, I didn't you. do that. Well, I'll I admit I didn't do it. Well, most couples can't. I mean, there's Pam and I have trouble with that still. Because I hear her say something of, I'm really frustrated about blah, 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 blah. And I'm immediately, oh, well, let's fix that. What do I need to do? And, and that's not what's going on. It's that in and of itself is a growth opportunity to mm -hmm. grow both as individuals and grow as together. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back, boy, we went through so much and came out so much stronger. So my heart goes out to the people that are dealing with that. Yeah. And so I wish that we would have said, 
just been honest and, and shared where we both were and that I wouldn't have assumed the worst. I mean, crazy things went through my mind. Like yeah. he's trying to punish me for all those years that I had no desire. I mean, it was ludicrous. Yeah. But I think I suddenly had so much compassion for the spouse that feels rejected. I, so that I think just helps. That's why we do this show to help you process things differently. So to the higher desire spouse, to just have that conversation, to the healthy spouse say, this is how I'm feeling and I still love you so much and it's so important that we can still connect. Right. And let me reframe that too a little bit because it's not just the healthy spouse, it's the healthier spouse. Exactly. We all all are messed up and (laughs) sick and ill and broken and flawed. And, and I think it's important. We need to recognize that. I had a great conversation this morning with a friend that he was talking about that, that we all are unhealthy. Yeah. Every single one of us. We all have areas where we need to work on becoming better. So, yes. And that's the beauty of trying to do that with your spouse. Yeah, if I can keep so that to in the mind. the non-chronically right. ill spouse. There you go. So to the chronic ill. To a couple different things. Still embrace your sexuality because when we don't feel good and we just, the last thing on our mind is feeling sensuous. And somebody asked me one time, how am I supposed to feel sexy when I feel so terrible for so long? Right. It's sometimes I think it's going to be important to just switch that question around and say, how can I continue to feel so terrible? When I'm enjoying <laughs> my sensuality. Right. When I'm so sexy, how could I feel so terrible? That's right. So <laughs> to do what you can to embrace what is beautiful. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, what just popped to my mind was a uh, TED Talk that I watched. And I can't remember the lady's name. But it's talking about um, grasping uh, powerful stances and the way you mm. live. In the way, like she, she was encouraging, you know, if you could take two minutes before you go into a job interview or any kind of stressful situation and go stand in the bathroom by yourself in a power pose, which could be arms raised in a V head up arms to your side. You know, it's, it's, there's just Google power poses and you'll see it (laughs) that that changes the dynamic within your body enough to be noticeable by those around you. So what makes me, what, what comes to my mind when you're talking about it's, she made a comment towards the end of that talk of it's sort of the fake it till you make it mindset, mm-hmm. but it's more of fake it till you become it. That you just, you continue to know exactly. this is who I am. I'm not my illness. Cause that's exactly. one of the big issues mm-hmm. is we define ourselves by an illness, by a flaw by a disability of some sort. And then so if you can get to that point where, no, that's not me, that's part of me, yes, mm-hmm. but you keep it in context, that changes everything. It does change everything. So act like you enjoy some things that you would enjoy if you weren't sick. Yeah. Get out of the nasty sweats that make you feel hideous. Yeah. Get, you know, clean your bedroom. If you're spending a lot of time in bed, make the bedroom beautiful. Yeah. Just little things. Yeah. Brush your teeth. Yeah. Little things. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's kind of trite, it sounds like, but it's a big deal. It, it is. It is a big deal. So it's, 
it's kind of a, a to me it's a moving into a more holistic view of yourself and not be narrow in your view of self oh yeah i saw an interview with a guy who had become a paraplegic and so on their wedding day on their honeymoon he dove into a pool and ended up yeah you know and and so he ended up meeting a guy who had been in a wheelchair for years and was so so excited that they were having a baby and so to him it was just the instant mind shift of wow I can still have everything I love I can my wife and I can still grow together we can have a family so wherever you're kind of being defined by your sickness find someone who's defied yeah. The limitations that you've just put on yourself. Yep, and it's around. Yeah. There, it's so around. how about just temporarily sick? Okay. I know a girl who, no matter if she was throwing up, literally throwing up, her husband would hold her hair while she threw up and still make sure he had sex with her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, to just admit that marriage did not last. Well, I wonder realized- why. <laughs> Kind of, one way street, problem. yeah. One way street. Anyone? I mean, that's where the whole idea of the temporary sickness, especially if it's just some sort of a flu. You know, you're looking at a week to ten yeah. days, um, and you could even put into the idea of the temporary sickness uh, life, major life stressors. Sure. You know, I good friends whose father just diagnosed with brain cancer and it's bad and it's going to have an impact on their marriage because she's torn. He's stuck on, Oh, how do I, you know, and man, that's tough to have to deal with. So it's, it's, you have to, for me that with temporary sickness, it's the chances that you get to connect in other ways if you're the if you're the more healthy <laughs> of right. of the two it's the chance to serve it's it's the chance to care and yeah. and give of yourself to them because that lays foundations for when you're both well again or both healthier again the the sex and the connections you can have can be even deeper because you've done some of the work prior Absolutely. It's it's still about love, people. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you don't I mean what what differentiates married life and relationship from every other is hopefully the fact that that's who you have sex with. But marriage is not all just sex. I mean, that's if if you have sex every day with your spouse, you're talking 30 minutes a day. Mm. So, you still got 23 and a half hours a day together doing something else. Because the commercial says if you have an erection longer than four hours, <laughs> you have to see a doctor. You got a problem. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. <laughs> so, so the, there's there's more complexity and fullness involved that we're talking about. It's not just sex. So it's that idea of all right. So you still have a desire, and she or he is sick. Well, take care of that yourself. If it's just a biological release you're looking for. <laughs> I hear that some people are gasping. You can find a show we did earlier on masturbation yep. if that's just killing you. But, but I hear what you're I mean, But it's, it's, if, if that's the whole point, because that's where it comes down to what's the meaning. What are you looking for? You mm-hmm. can't have a deep connection with somebody that's sick because their resources 
quote unquote, internally are being focused elsewhere. Right. You know, they're not going to be able to be completely present when they're hurting. Yeah. So if, if that's what you're wanting, you're not going to get it anyway. So, all right, be realistic and go for something different. Do something in the moment that speaks to a different part of the relationship, a different part of your spouse and put that aside for later. Yes. And we do want you to celebrate the commitment that says we've chosen to believe that sex is very best exclusively just in our marriage. So you're going to go with that. And then to the ones who are conveniently sick, this is a area of a lot of hurt. Yes, that's, it is. That's right in there with just the whole rejection and, and low sex drive and evading sex. Yeah, so it's, that's it's actually really just a, the evading sex idea. Of, that's of, the issue. It's not so ways. much about sickness. Right. I'm conveniently sick or, man, I can fall asleep quickly when I get into the bed you know, right. <laughs> to avoid having sex. So... Yeah. I don't know what comes to my mind is the whole I make a a move or I make a suggestion and I hear from Pam, oh, I really have a headache. You know, my response to that now is I have the medicine that'll help. Yeah, that's always what I've heard. (laughs) I only know one cure. I know what will help that. I, yeah, and the way he says it always makes me laugh. Yeah, and that's the yeah, whole point is, is you do it playfully. You don't yeah. do it. Oh well, then hi, let's get a let's get a prescription to fix that right now. And yeah, yeah, because I even pull out the I am a doctor after all. I know, <laughs> I know how to cure that. No, but that it, is, yeah. that's that's a the temp the conveniently sick is a symptom of the high desire low desire world. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a. It's just a way to try to soothe anxiety surrounding the whole sexual encounters together because that's that's the issue of mm-hmm. okay one there's not necessarily any, there's nothing wrong that one of you's high desire and one of you's low desire so mm-hmm. hear that very clearly and we I will go over that over over and over mm-hmm. and over and over because that's such an important point so just realize that's just a reality but two that that's not a limitation. Right. You know, just because I'm the low desire doesn't mean I have license to no longer have sex. Well, and expect that it's not going to be forever. Right. Like I jokingly say that on this show, I represent the low desire spouse. But the truth is, Paul and I are pretty equal. You okay. know, we're, we've come to where we're, we can track really easily with each other. Right. So it's come from a lot of growth, mostly on my part, because he's always been happy, willing to have sex except for those years I mean those months when he was really injured but um, it, that goes back to just all the things that we talk about consistently having the conversations understanding yeah. what's going on beneath the surface and and learning how to bring healing to that sexual story right because follow that out if, if you are a spouse that's conveniently sick when it comes to the idea of sex well Eventually, your spouse is going to find somebody that's very healthy or something that's very healthy, quote unquote. And I'm not advocating that. I'm just talking about a reality of follow the, follow the, the stream of, of thought process here. So 
to me, it's kind of important for what I do in my marriage and what I do in my life is I want to realize that, you know, Pam chooses me. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure I'm worthy of being chosen. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't want her to choose something else, which means I need to be learning her and me regularly. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Continually be growing. And at the same time, she does. Yeah, to that lower desire spouse, I would just have you look at how have you become a student of your mate? How have you made a commitment to say, man, I am going to be so good at understanding this person that I'll be the one who knows how to turn him on. I'll be the one who knows how to celebrate our connection together. I'll be the one that they can't wait to come home to. It's it's a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and that's the one thing that kind of put a whole bow on this, Gina. Right. Is illness and struggle and life stresses and things are going to happen in marriage. That's why they were in the vows usually. Right. And sickness and in hell. <laughs> exactly. For better and for worse. <laughs> for worse. Um, so that it is a reality. It will happen. And one of the things that can happen, and this would apply, this could apply to all three phases, mm-hmm. I think, of the categories we've talked about. Because Pam and I actually had this conversation yesterday about you can reframe the connection you have with in sex with your spouse. Because I know of and have worked with a couple that lost a child. Right. Yeah, this was years and years. This was eight years ago, six, seven, eight years ago. And what sex became for them was an escape and a peace and a time just for them. It wasn't about orgasm and all of that. It was just about this is a time to just escape and be with each other. And, and that, it became comfort sex. Yeah, it was. It became mm-hmm. that and it, and it became just kind of a... Uh, let's just get, I just want to get away, you mm-hmm. know, because we have that. Exactly. When, when we deal with stuff that's, that's taxing and stressful, a rational human being will have that. I just want to get away. I want right. to break from this. Well, sex can become that. It takes some growing. It's not as easy as I'm going to flip a switch. Oh, okay. Now sex is comfort sex. No, it takes these conversations we've been talking about. It takes these willings, willingness to recognize that I'm not the entirety of what's going on. There's other parts of me that are important and valuable and, and living all of that out and kind of, I want to try this. It's cool. And along those lines, Paul and I have adopted miracle sex. I joke about that, but it's, it's fun. You know, instead of letting the stress of everything that has to happen, get to us, we're like, Hey, let's agree. Let's agree for a breakthrough on this and this and this. And, and our favorite form of agreement is coming together sexually. So now, We'll call it, if we're stressed, Paul will say, hey, want to have miracle sex? And it's a whole totally new reframe, and it's very fun. Yeah, and so that's there you go. and it starts just with the having the conversations. I mean, that's where we keep coming back to. That's the whole premise yeah. of, Mar- of Sexy Marriage Radio. Yeah. Is we want to just have the conversations about this topic. Yes. Because that then leads to conversations in people's homes about this topic, which then leads to who knows what them yeah something beautiful hopefully and that's what this can be that's what this is (laughs) in marriage so we want to hear from you what did we miss 
because yeah. I know we miss some stuff when it comes to the chronic illness because there's yeah. so that's a vast issues and a lot yes. of depth there. But if you've got something, please join in. Let us know, and we will try to continue on and do better next time because that's the whole point. <laughs> We're just becoming better as well. You bet. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Let's talk about